We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. IP Nation Sports Talk on this Monday, coming out of a bye week. Vince D'Addario's eyes are bugging out on the other end. I'm Sean Styers. How you doing after uh, after a week? Not a not a total week off, but after a bye well, week anyway. I, it this weekend week off for the team. Th- th- it's a week off for us too. The weekend anyway, and and mm-hmm. it just it just so happened that it coincided coincided with the bye week for my son's football team, and so. Had nothing to do Friday, nothing to do Saturday, nothing to do Sunday. Like it was, and then we had fall break, so I was off school Friday, Monday. I mean, holy cow! Like I, I didn't know what to do with myself, Sean Styers. I spent a yeah. lot of the day on Sunday, like working in the yard, kind of like tidying things up for the fall, you know, for the winter, or whatever. The final cut and some edging and stuff, and then the rest of it. I watched a lot of college football on Saturday, and you know, man, I didn't set an alarm for a couple of different days like I know, that right? doesn't happen ever so I, it was nice man how was yours i tell you what uh you know marcus freeman brought up the fact you know because we've there's been there was a lot of talk obviously about the eight straight weeks to open sure. the season and all that and i kind of you know eh, whatever you know and then he brought up something today that i you know, I hadn't really thought about, and that's obviously they had training camp for a month, you know, before the season started. So that's, that's like 12 straight weeks. Yeah. That was was a long time for everybody. And I can tell you that having not played one of those, you know, in any of those games, like I feel a lot better this Monday than I have felt on a Monday in a long time, especially after those four straight night games you know that well, part of that's getting older and all that kind of stuff but still though like it it still takes a couple of days up. to kind of rebound after yeah. some of those night games and then we get the notification today that clemson is going to be either noon or 3 30 and so man was i celebrating when i saw that like yeah! i guess that doesn't matter for me Anyway, I because I, I as you know I'm not going to oh, be around right. for Clemson. I'm going to be I'm going to be in Paris living the rough life. You know, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I actually uh, I mm-hmm. I spent the weekend since I had a buy. I spent the weekend parked on my couch most of the time watching football. Like you, the Cowboys were also off this weekend, so it's like double buy for me. Oh I didn't yeah, even that's have right. My them gosh. to watch yesterday, good and bad. But 
<laughs> I spent the weekend. Have you ever heard of the the Duolingo? Have you heard of it? Have you ever seen it? No. It's uh, it's one of those language learning apps. Oh, okay. So I spent the weekend doing some French lessons because Ooh. you know I want to be able to at least get over there and be able to get around. You know, yeah, mostly, like where's the bathroom? Yeah, like exactly. stuff like that. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. How do I get to the you know, bus stop or the, right. you know, the tram or the train station or what, you know, the restaurant, how do I yeah. order food? You know, those things. <laughs> so that's the nuts and bolts of what I wanted to get out of this. And I still have, you know, many more to go, but I spent the week so far, basically I've, uh, you know, I was saying hi and goodbye to Paul and um, <laughs> talking about cats and horses, <laughs> you know, because that is comes up all shot. the time. Yes, horse cheval. Yeah, exactly. Oh. So it's like very basic, you know, high and by the a lot of talking to Paul and Marie, I think were the two. <laughs> Not much on direction. It's it's like, how do I skip this lesson and get to what I want to get to? That's <laughs> yes, I don't there's only so much of this I can take, and I've only got so much time before we leave yeah. for Paris with women's basketball next week. So, so. are you let me let me ask you this, not to pry too far into your trip, but like you're going over with the team, and yes. I, I believe your lovely wife is going to be accompanying you. She is, and, and just then, just just for sake of clarification, we had to pay for my wife's oh, ticket. They're not yeah, playing, right. they're not paying for her ticket. That was a lot of how, yeah. A lot of staff spouses are going on this trip, but everyone staff yes. spouses have to pay their own way. just which makes perfect sense just to get uh, that yeah and that's how it always was with my father-in-law when he would travel with the football team to like bowl games got right. to pay for his wife whatever right. um but like are you guys coming home with the team too are you guys extending the stay at all like are you do you have no. time to just do stuff the two of you like how's coming back with the team we are okay. gonna have time to do we're basically gonna have most of the week because we're leaving on we're leaving a week from wednesday november 1st Okay. Eight o'clock at night from central. We're, we're flying out of Chicago, direct flight right. Paris from Chicago. And then when we land, there are two buses. There's like a team bus and then like the extra people bus. Yeah. We'll be on the extra people bus. Yeah. We're going directly to the Eiffel Tower from the Oh, airport wow. Before we even go to the hotel. Okay. So, yeah. To get that out of the way. And then the next day, Friday, we're going to the Louvre. Mm-hmm um and then museum pretty yeah and then there's a lot of different team activities going on that are team only type gotcha and that's kind of the rest of you know and they they will be practicing every day and all that kind of stuff leading up to it but um we pretty much have the whole weekend to ourselves okay what we want to do yeah nice there's like uh the team i think is on saturday because they sold you know like packages to 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 donors and people you know sure. like, and stuff like that there is a a dinner river cruise on saturday that the team is doing but again that is like team only stuff. oh okay so, yes so you get to be on the other bus as Dabo would say right right anthony asking are they requiring covid test or vaccine to visit france not that i'm aware of i've been told nothing they haven't asked for your your certifications is what you're saying yeah, they require a passport that's yes. that's all i've been asked to provide well i don't even have one of those anymore so <laughs> mine expired and uh, as salty mentioned and i appreciate the compliment salty did an interview with uh neil ivy 
ah. last week, and that is that is up both on the YouTube channel as well as the podcast platforms and all that kind of stuff. So nice. we talked about a lot of different things, including cool. the trip to France. And have you seen? She's got a, a, a series of commercials, direct TV commercials with her son, Jade. Does Knight. she really? No, I have not seen yeah. those. Yeah, okay. they're pretty funny. Pretty funny. Okay, it's cool. He asks her, and it was just right before I did the interview, he asks her who her least favorite uh, women's basketball coach is. And she gives Ooh. him a no comment. Ooh, and he goes, he just goes, Gino. <laughs> <laughs> so he called her out. She wow. wouldn't answer, but he called her out. And that's not a commercial? In this commercial for DirecTV. <sighs> okay. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty funny. That's pretty great. Funny. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. So uh, French lessons, college football Saturday, and of course, watching uh, NFL a little bit yesterday yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Marcus Freeman and the team, as we kind of redirect and get to the stuff, you know, that that Marcus Freeman actually talked about today. He watched some college football this weekend as well. Really? Yeah, on Saturday night, uh, I was able to kind of turn on. I don't want to watch a team we're going to play because then you feel like you're working, you know. And um, I was able to watch a little bit of the USC-Utah uh, game. I watched a quarter of that. A little bit of the Florida State new game, you know, I was just kind of turning you know, back and forth a little bit, and then I went to bed. I need to catch up on some sleep. So, you know, I, I do enjoy the chance to sit down with my kids and, and, and watch football like a normal father, and uh, be able to look at other coaches and teams' stress. But the, the greatest thing about it is you can root for somebody and they win or that they lose. It's okay. Can you can you watch it just like? indifferent to what's being run specifically or yeah i think at times because i'm trying to you kind of watch the ball when you're a fan you watch the ball all right when you're game planning you watch specifics 
offense, defense, what 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 are you trying to do? It depends on what I'm watching at that moment. But when I'm with my kids, I try to just watch the ball, you know, and uh, kind of watch the game. I got a chance to catch a little bit of the Ohio State game at the very end of it. Um, my wife was running a half marathon by the time we got home. We were able to watch the, the last maybe couple series of that game too. So. So it was interesting, Vince. He talks about how he watches the game as a fan yep. on TV versus as a coach. And me as a, you know, longtime play-by-play guy and fan, I pretty much just always watch the ball. I'm curious, you know, like, do you – I'm sure when you were breaking down film and stuff like that when you were a coach, that's, you know, you're, there's as he said, there are specific things you're looking at. When, yep. you're, when you're watching a game now, like, do you watch a Notre Dame game differently than you watch other games for example, because, you know, when you're watching a Notre Dame game, whether in person or on TV or whatever, you're obviously looking at it for different things other than just quote unquote enjoyment, I guess. Oh, it's true though. Like I had to train myself how to watch film as a coach because I mean, look, let's be honest back in the nineties when I was playing football, we didn't really have film to watch at home on our own. It would be watching it with the coach and he would specifically point out like what to pay attention to. So that's easy. Right. When I started coaching, I actually went to a buddy of mine who'd been coaching longer than me. I'm like, teach me how to watch film. And so he actually sat down with me and taught me like what he looks for and how to watch it and all of that. And so when I'm like watching for upon further review, like after the fact, it's like watching film as a coach. And I, I watch each play over and over again, kind of watching each position, you know, that kind of a thing. It's easier when you are a position coach and you're only watching for one specific position. Right. Uh, but when I watch as a fan, like I watch the ball, I mean, a hundred percent, I'm watching the ball unless, mm-hmm. unless there's like something specific that I want to like pay attention to. So I don't know, for example, like in the Ravens game yesterday, I was kind of watching for Kyle Hamilton a little bit defensively, you know, yeah. because of the Notre Dame connection, you know, that kind yeah. of a thing when the screen was zoomed out enough to actually see the safeties. Um, but you know, so yes, <laughs> most of the time as a fan, I'm watching, but like, as a coach, man, it's completely different. Like you're not watching the ball really at all. You're watching, you know, steps and moves and, you know, assignments and all of that stuff. So um, I, I, uh, t- I totally understand where he's coming from, man. It's nice to just sit back and just watch ball, which is what I did all weekend. Yeah. And, and in a, you know, it's just, it's just different when you're watching and there's nothing on the line, you're like, your team is not involved in it. You're not, yeah. you know, you're not doing it, covering anything. You can just let your mind kind of go blank a little bit and, you know, really, you know, just listen to, to some of the announcers say stupid things. Yeah. (laughs) Like I watched some of the, I cut the tail end of the Colts game yesterday, the Colts and Browns. Did you see any of that? I saw some you know, of it. Yeah. Yep. Like everyone's talking about the, you know, the, the pass that was uncatchable in the end zone, but you know, the Colts had forced a fumble and they looked like they had won the game. But there was a flag down in Spiro Didis, who is my least favorite of any play-by-play announcer uh, something. was doing the game. And I think Adam Archuleta is his partner, but so it looks like they fumbled and then all of a sudden, and they're not showing it on TV, but they're going Oh, the officials are conferencing back at the three-yard line, and there's a flag down. But their whole conversation made it seem like the flag was about, was it an incomplete pass? Was it a fumble? It had nothing to do with that. And I said, and again, they hadn't shown it on TV, but I, you know, 
this is where I'm talking to the TV because this is what annoys me about a, a lot of announcers. It's like when there's a flag down, depending on where the flag is, you pretty much have a – you know what's coming. If it's in the backfield, it's either going to be a late hit on the quarterback or a hold. Or a hold. You know, if it's in the secondary, there's going to be something on the defense yeah. most likely. And they're conferring and they're talking in the secondary and none of the conversation was about that. And that's, I'm, I'm like talking to the TV. I'm like, if there's a flag at the three yard line and that's where the officials are conferencing, there's going to be a, a pass interference coming up here and you guys aren't even talking about it. And sure enough, there was an illegal contact downfield. So it negates, you know, that's like, but that's, that's what drives me nuts is that, that kind of stuff, you know, oh, I know yeah. I, again, I know no. like, mo you know, most people want to talk about, you know, biased announcers and all that kind of stuff. I'm curious. This is what I've, this is, this is again, like when you talk about announcers, like did any Notre Dame fan watch a game this weekend and hear bias from the announcers? Ooh, that's a good question. My guess is probably not because you weren't actually attached it. to any of you're teams. not looking for it. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. That's right. Good call. There was definitely bias toward uh, Maserati Marv or whatever. Oh my gosh, that was so annoying. Come on, Gus. He like just, he Gus wanted that just, to be a thing so bad, and it's like, like he. By the way, Gus, no one's gonna call him Maserati Marv after the fact. Uh, no, nope. the only one who was in love with that. And it was <laughs> like I was getting beat over the head with a shovel when he kept saying it over and over. Like he dropped a couple rungs on my ladder. Yeah. Uh, because of that, it's like, dude, let it go. Like, let it go. That was hard. That was yeah. hard. Now, uh, an aside here, when you were playing the audio, the picture of Marcus Freeman was incredibly crisp and clear. <laughs> Did you do something different than you normally do? I, uh, I swapped photos about a okay. week or so ago and I found, I, I went to one of the, I don't know if, if it's one that we it's one that we have permission to use at the very okay. least. I don't know if it's one that Brian's wife took or not, but it is one of uh, a much higher density, much higher quality than than what we had before. Oh, yeah. Because I someone said a few weeks back that Marcus Freeman was pixelated yes. when we played his soundbite. It's true. So, I didn't so care. I but... found I found a better better uh, resolution Woo. photo. And he is crisp. He is very he is crisp looking, in that. He is looking good. That's right. If you're watching it up there Man. on your, your HD flat screen TV, if you're watching the show at home, you'll see a much crisper looking yeah. Marcus Freeman than you used to see. Tell how he fills out that pullover. It's good. That's right. Wearing that medium. That's right. <laughs> so Marcus Freeman also today, I thought it was pretty funny. He got to turn the tables a oh, little bit on, uh, on the beat. Today, Tim O'Malley, you might have seen this on social media already. Tim, of course, from Irish Illustrated. He uh, coaches Marcus Freeman's son, Nico, as well as some, uh, I guess, like some other, you know, a lot of guys, kids, those. He, he coaches actually multiple flag football teams, and they had multiple championship really? games yesterday. So he was multiple. coaching like the second and third graders first, and then it was like the fourth and fifth graders or something like that. So they're playing multiple flag football championship games yesterday at riley your old stomping grounds okay but uh so marcus freeman's son plays for one of these teams that tim o'malley coaches and so marcus took the opportunity to uh like i said kind of turn the tables on tim o'malley 
and some of his coaching decisions from yesterday. Have a listen. Okay. <laughs> two things. <laughs> the second, third grade championship game. Yeah. Okay. Two trips to the red zone. Yeah. Empty. Zero points. <laughs> One play was a reverse pass that was intercepted in the red zone. You were off the score today? I am. On, on that, yes. It's a defense on the red zone play call. You know, uh, they were attacking the run so much with Nico and Nolan, I thought we could drop one over their head. But maybe the elements, the mud in the game, that wasn't great for them. So stick to basics probably is the way to go there. Last question. It was a Nico Freeman in that same game that had a long run that was uh, negated by only having one flag on. Whose responsibility to make sure the young man has two flags on? I think it would be the guy in the huddle, which could be me, but you might be able to blame Coach Stanley on the oh, sideline. You, know, right. right. <laughs> I noticed you didn't ask about the fourth and fifth grade drilling championship games. Yeah, I did. I was going to finish with congratulations on your two championship wins yesterday, and uh, you know, head coaches get the credit sometimes. When they deserve and don't deserve, but uh, congrats. <laughs> there would be a D-minus in the first game, and then I think an A in the second but game. But you won. So, yes, you're not win. That's important, man. So. Thank you. Appreciate that. That was a lot of fun. Third row on your left, Peeper. I thought Tim's game plan was good. They just didn't always execute. That's right. Very well played by Pete Byrne there at the end. It was just, it came down to execution. It was a good game plan. Just didn't execute. I thought it was hilarious. Tim great. had me up until he threw his assistant coach under the bus for not having the right flags on the guys there. I was buying it there for I a didn't while. know you could get a, a play called back for not having the appropriate number of flags on your belt. I guess so. That's a rule I didn't know. I guess so. Because you got to have, you know, I've I, like some of them have just the two, you know, on the hips. Yeah. I've seen others that have like the two sides and one, you know, like a Ooh, tail on the back one as the well. I don't, I don't know exactly what their rules are. I never have been associated with flag football ever. Really? So I don't know. I don't know. Any I think of it's players. relatively new around here, isn't it? Because is it kind of is it kind of taking like is is rocket football still a thing? Is pop Warner yes. football still a thing? The answer is yes. Okay. Uh, I remember when I was in middle school, we would we would practice. You know, tackle football it was the Catholic league, uh-huh. and and it was seventh eighth grade or whatever. And then after our practice, the kids, the flag football kids, would practice. We would make fun of them a lot for not playing real football. So I know flag football has been around for a while, yeah. but I have never been associated with it myself. So I don't know all the rules. Like, the, I guess the only time I'd ever been associated with it was, I think we did it like in college. There was like a flag football, like intramural kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the fall we did that. But other than that, like for the kids and stuff like that, but like, it's going to be in the Olympics for goodness sake. Like I had, yeah. I mean, I didn't realize now all these that NFL a, players are talking yeah. about playing in the Olympics. They're trying I to get them. No idea yeah. that that was a thing. So, I mean, I guess that's awesome. Uh, so but they, we played where I where I was growing up. You couldn't play tackle football until eighth grade middle school. You know, like okay. middle school was seventh and eighth grade, but you still had to play flag football through really? seventh grade. Yeah, you couldn't play, put on the pads and stuff until eighth grade okay and it was it was basically it was it was football rules like offensive linemen couldn't go out for passes and that stuff you had a full offensive line it was 11 on 11 but it was just flag football but then like when i was in the army 
you know, they're big on intramural sports and stuff like that. They're always, you know, basketball, softball, flag football was a big thing everywhere. We actually won it. We actually won a post championship when I was in California with our flag football. We won, we won the regular season and then like 90% of the team shipped out to go to our next place and then they were stuck with like four guys you know like four guys (laughs) they had like a postseason tournament so we we killed everybody in the regular season and then they uh but anyway my point with that was going to be like in the army with the adult stuff it was like three-man line and you know so i think it was like basically eight man or something like that and like offensive linemen could go out for passes and those kind of things but but when i did it youth stuff it was uh, it was full eleven on eleven, you know. Wow, regular no regular rules with 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 offensive defensive line. And Interesting, because like around here, obviously Pop Warner goes real young. Uh, I know in the Catholic league, there's fifth and sixth grade, and that's tackle football all the way around, and then seventh and eighth grade, two different you know divisions or whatever. Um, so I don't know. Like, did Jesse ever play flag football growing up? He played. They had. Um, what was that soccer zone? You know, that indoor oh, yeah. place. Okay. He played like a couple years of, of flag football just to do something in the middle. Yeah. Of winter kind right, of thing. right. Okay. He actually played quarterback for, for at least one year. You know? Okay. Cause like it was basically, you know, like he was one of the biggest kids. Oh, sure. And, and there wasn't like a eight. whole lot of, yeah, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, <clears throat> football experience other yes. than him, you know, cause he yeah. basically grew up playing you know, pop warner and all that right kind of okay stuff, so i was just curious like i yeah i don't know it's never been like my son never played flag football ever like that was just never a thing in our house so i don't really know about flag football but you know apparently it's a legit situation because yeah. it's going to be in the olympics because you can't really do tackle football because the united states would just dominate yeah well and even you know? like if they're getting nfl players to play flag football in the olympics i can't imagine that they're the usa will countries. probably still yeah. dominate yeah As, yeah can't believe I imagine there are too many countries who are yeah. going to be able to contend with that. Right. So interesting though. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So a few other pressing things from the press conference today. It was the bye week. They practiced last Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and they were able to kind of work some of the young guys in. Yeah. So Monday, um, for the guys that played in the game was a typical Monday. You can't, I mean, they just played a tough game Saturday night, so we couldn't go out and really get after those guys um, as much as the twos and the threes. We, we had a lot of good on good reps. And uh, the same Tuesday and Wednesday, the ones practiced, I mean, we had to get after it. And, and But the, the structure of practice was different because there was a lot of good on good. But the chance for twos and threes to get a lot of reps at the end of practice was important. And so um, that, that time is so crucial and you talk about development of the bottom half of your roster and the future of your roster you know to be able to see those guys and we got to watch it as coaches I mean the coaches watch and let's evaluate it and, and call things that they know how to do like let's give them a chance to show us what they can do not they're not gonna be able to show us what they can do if they're confused and so I don't care if we have two defenses called three offensive plays called um, I wanted to see what those young guys could do and, and it was pleasing I thought it was interesting, you know, just getting some of those young guys in during the, it's kind of a little bit like bowl practice almost. And you're going to get another bye week coming up in a couple of weeks. So you really get some of these young guys a chance for some more opportunities. Yeah. I think that um, because of the way the bye, like if we're trying to look at the glasses half full kind of a situation, right? 
Like, I, I think that having two bye weeks in four weeks, basically, you know, in a month span, allows you to do more of the twos stuff that you would normally do during like a, uh, a bull prep kind of a situation. And, I, and, you know, I think that's great. I mean, I, I think it's really important, especially with the transfer portal and the way things are going. And, you know, some of those guys need a little bit of love, you know, I mean, I hate yeah. to say it that way, but sometimes you forget about those guys during the regular season. And since you've got two buys that are very close together, I think you can do a lot of that towards the end of the season now too, going into the off season. And so, yeah, it's an opportunity for those guys to show what they can do. It's a chance for the coaches to, you know, kind of love up on them a little bit. And I don't see a, I don't see a negative to that at all. I mean, look, you made it through your eight game stretch. Now you, you've just got to keep on trucking obviously, but yeah, it's more about those ones just getting some time off. I mean, just literally resting, like literally not doing anything um, and and just kind of healing and all that, especially with the wide receivers. Well, I liked what he was talking about as well with like, do what you know that they can do so that they can actually make a real impression on you. Like they're, they're not, they're not just out there. Like let's run this play because this is what, you know, this group of guys right? or, you know, like, this is what Sam Hartman can do. So let's ask Steve Angeli and Kenny Minchie to do that. Give them some things that, that that they're good at and let them actually show you what they can do. I think that yeah. makes it makes a lot of sense. And again, they're going to get a chance to do it here in a couple of weeks. It is odd that you play eight straight weeks and then oh, you have yeah. two buys within oh, yeah. three weeks. But it is what it is at this point. And we'll just we'll get another break here <laughs> in a couple of weeks. So right. everybody will crazy and then we gear up and thanksgiving will be here before we know it it's gonna literally <laughs> i know I, uh, october is already flown by i know I, it's the 23rd right now the last press conference we were at on my birthday two weeks ago now it's the 23rd so, i know right October's i put out halloween decorations over. today yeah they're gonna be up for literally eight days yep you know what i mean first like, first women's basketball exhibition game is a week from tonight crazy All i right. assume you and jesse are gonna be sitting here assuming jesse can yeah, see what happens. yeah that's something we got to talk about <laughs> that's right that's that's something else we've got a lot of things yes, to figure it out. Is. a lot going on so self-scout was an issue or not an issue but a topic that came up here's the response when marcus freeman was asked about if they were able to find some things through self-scouting of the offense it's the, the execution. It's the execution. And, and you know, we, we, we got to be better on third down, but part of being better on third down is, is being more efficient on first and second down. You know, and it, there's not just the one common theme in the last three or four games that we say this is the reason. Each game has its own different story um, that we have to continue to attack. You know, five turnovers one day, right? And, and that's a different story than, than last week. And so, we have to continue to build confidence in taking shots, um, you know, especially playing the defense we'll play this week. You're going to have to take some shots and some play-action shots and, and, you know, continuously looking at the things we do. But the biggest thing is, is the execution. So the challenge will continuously be, hey, we have to simplify so the execution is at the standard we need it to be. And it's not more, more, more. It's, it's clear, clear, clear. I like some of the stuff that I heard there at the end but you know when we're when we're talking about 
Okay, self-scout, did you see some, th- you know, like, did, were, are there some things that maybe people were picking up on? And he went straight to execution. And it's like, ah, I don't know if that's the answer that I wanted to hear to start it off, you know? Well, here's, here's my thing about the self-scouting, okay? Um, Ten years ago, self-scouting during the bye week was really important. There's no doubt about it. True. Now, you literally have, I looked at it earlier today, right? One, two... You have analyst, 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 analyst. You have six analysts on staff. That's literally their job. Like you didn't used to have analysts. And so the co- the coaches would have to do that during the bye week. It gave them more time. These analysts, that's what they should be doing every single week. It's what like they should, should be doing. But I tell you what, you know, that we should came not out be a bye week thing. We came out. That, that's true. You should be doing it as you go because you had that's that's a very good point. But. The problem is, as we broke down in detail a couple weeks ago after the Louisville game, they were, they were very predictable. And yeah, no, you're not wrong. No, They were less wrong. predictable against USC. They broke some tendencies against USC, but you shouldn't come to a point where you're as predictable as that right. offense got the Agreed. last few weeks. And I think they've started to come out of that. Uh, you know, if, you're, if you watch the USC game and you look at the actual play calling and the way that went, I think they got away from the predictable – nature of the offense one of the things i do agree with what he said though is you they've got to be better on first and second down to right. make those third downs like i said there were things i agree i mean with. yeah that i agree with a whole lot and he but also that said, also comes down to okay you can't just always run the ball with audric estimate right up sure. the gut on first for sure. down, which they did a lot of for a while no you're absolutely right about that and i i also like the fact that he's like we need to simplify not do more, 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 but make, you know, you, you need to be real good at these things in order to be better at the other things. So that I agree with as well. So he's right. College football is not about who the smartest guy in the room is, you know? And we, we had this discussion many, many times with Tommy Reese and with Brian Kelly. I don't give a crap who the smartest guy in the room is. I want the kids that are going to execute, you know? And I, and I've said this before too, like the high school that my kid goes to, you know, back in the day when they were win all their state championships, man, they could have hand they could have made copies of their offensive playbook and just handed it out to everybody. Right. Everybody knew what they were gonna run. They were just better at executing it because they've been doing it since fourth grade. You know what I mean? Notre Dame needs to just be better at executing what they're good at, and then you can branch off from that. So that part I did agree with as well. But you're right, the predictability in that kind of two or three game stretch was really, really bad. I yeah. feel like they're coming out of it, but they need to keep it going this way. And you would also think that even if you're not necessarily calling it self-scout, don't, you know, don't need to do self-scouting, sure. that the extra time right. gives Jared Parker the opportunity to to sort of look at some things, you know, put together, sort of set, hit a little bit of a reset, refresh right, right. on the game plan. And maybe that, you know, again, maybe that's a combination of, of he and Marcus Freeman and, you know, whatever, where they can... And maybe it gives them more of an opportunity to sit down and kind of talk to each other and kind of mm-hmm. really kind of dig in to some of the things maybe that right. they're being given by the analysts. Because you don't have to jump right into it. That You've I got will that agree extra with. week. Like yeah. that part of self-scouting, I, I will agree with because they just ha- literally have more time to just sit down and talk about it, right? Right. But like all those analytics and all of those things, should that, that they should have that at their fingertips every week, you know, but. Speaking of which, Anthony asked what we would see as progress on the offensive side of the ball. Early point total prediction. Thanks, he says. 
Man, it's, progress would just be continuous creativity, not only in the run game, but also, the, I mean, the play calling, you know, the unpredictability of the offense. Like, that's the progress. I don't give a crap how many points they score, if I'm being honest. I want them to be efficient in their drives, right? Because if you get nine drives a game, I want them to score on seven of them. You know what I mean? In some form or fashion. But if they only get five drives, you know, so you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care how many they should score on four out of the five or something like that. So that point total is going to be different than if you score on seven drives, right? So I don't really care how many they score, but I need the efficiency of drives and the ending with points, you know, that kind of a thing. Yeah. Just too many drives that were, that have been clunky, you know, like, right. Other than the three. Now, Again, they took advantage of the field position they got in the USC game. You can, sure. I mean, you want as short field position as possible. But even when they got it at the fifty, they scored a touchdown right out of that. Like, right, they didn't. They, they didn't were efficient. Yeah. yeah, they didn't do that when they were given the ball against Duke in plus right. territory. You know, right. like so, give them credit for capitalizing in those situations. And again, we saw some different things with the way that they were calling plays in those situations as well. But I, I agree. Like it just needs to be a more efficient looking running offense, less, right. less predictable. And as Marcus Freeman alluded to in that clip, they need to be able to hit some shots downfield. And we're going to talk about the receivers here in a little bit. We're saving some of the uh, receiver talk for rapid fire. So we'll, we'll get into more detail on some of the receivers and sort of expectations for some of them and the health for some of those guys as well coming up here in just a few minutes. David wants to know, Vince, how you can talk for four hours on an online program and then come over here and still be on your game. He says he gets burnt out on a 30-minute Zoom call. Well, I'm not talking for four hours. That's part of it. Uh, now, I had a pretty sore butt after a while. I kind of need to shake it out. I went for a walk around the block with my uh -huh. wife, you know, and that kind of a thing. But uh, look, man, this is a fun job. Like at the end of the day, I'm talking about Notre Dame football. Like it, it's okay. There are, I'm not outside digging ditches, you know, for, for four or five hours. So, yeah. you know, in the grand scheme of things, talking has never really been a problem for me. Let's put it that way. Joe says, yeah, <laughs> Joe says, with 11 out of 13 of the la 11 of the last 13 games between Notre Dame and Pitt decided by one score. Is this another game that could come back and haunt Notre Dame like Stanford and Marshall? We kind of talked about this uh, during the previous show. Okay. And here, my thought, here's my thought process on this game, on this show, or I mean, on, on the next four game stretch, right? Notre Dame is better than all four teams that they're going to play, right? They just, they just are, they're better. If Notre Dame shows up, and plays their game, they will win all four games. If Notre Dame doesn't show up and Notre Dame beats themselves, any one of these four teams could beat them. So it's not necessarily, I'm not looking at the names like Pitt, Stanford, Marshall, like whatever. It doesn't matter who they play. If they come out and they don't want to be there, like they did against Stanford and Marshall, and it was very obvious that, you know, when they're only putting up two scores and they're, you know, they didn't want to be there. Like they had no desire to be in the stadium at that moment, right? If they do that against any four of these opponents, they will get beat. Mm -hmm. But if they come out, look, we've seen it. They come out, they play their game offensively, they play their game defensively. Every one of these games should be a win. So I'm not looking at the pit game and I'm like, ooh, this could be a Stanford or a Mark. No, I don't care. It doesn't matter who the opposing team is. 
really I'm focused on Notre Dame. If they come out and play their game, they're good to go. Yeah, these games, Clemson is still going to have a decent defense. It's that's it's not going to be a gimme against Clemson. Um, I mean, Pitt has given as you know he points out a lot of these eleven of the last thirteen have been one possession games. They gave Ian Book some fits. Remember back in twenty eighteen when Notre Dame ended up going to the college football playoff. I'll be really interested to see what Pat Narduzzi can dial up. Now, the last time they played, what's that been? Three years ago now, I guess at this point at Pitt, two or three years ago. Yeah, remember, something like, like that. Notre Dame dominated that game. And that was supposed to be at least a decent Pitt team. Yeah. We thought. So it's just like it's it's all to me, it's always hard to figure out Pittsburgh. And yeah. Pat Narduzzi has no love lost for Notre <laughs> Dame. Right. You know, we know that. And he he knows defense. We know that. But I agree with in general what you're saying. And I think that I think that the fact that they're you know you are coming off a bye week, I think the team should be fresh, kind of reset, almost not not a season opener, but come into this game as recharged as they've been in a while. Then you go to Clemson, you get another break. It's going to be really interesting to see what Wake Forest has in store for for Sam Hartman. That's a that's a really curious game for Sam Hartman to play his Notre Dame senior day against the team that he played for, for five years. Yeah. And you know, like, Oh, sure. I, I think that any one of these games, you know, could kind of, they, they have the, they have the ability to go the way of Stanford or Marshall, but just what you said, it's all about how Marcus Freeman gets these guys in the right frame of mind. And if he can get them in the right frame of mind, because they do have a lot to play for still, you can still go, to a New Year's Six Bowl. This is not last year where you're week two of the season and all of a sudden you've already got two losses, one of them to a bad team, and then you end up losing a few weeks later to a bad Stanford team. So they've, they've got a lot to play for as November gets here. So could they go that way? Sure. But I, I, I have a feeling yeah. that these games are going to look more like what we saw at the start of the season for Notre Dame than what we've seen maybe the last few weeks against some of these different teams. Yep. Agreed. Anthony wants to know if we're going to have Tom Noy on before the start of the basketball season. I can always ask. I, I think ask. that's probably a good, uh, I'm, I'm going to, let's see what, what, what did uh, Johnny Carson used to do? Yes. I believe that that is going to happen. Your Karnak. Yes. Karnak. There you go. Thank you. <laughs>
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.